Hello, welcome to The Sunshine House. My name is Annie Louise and I'm a kids book author. I also do some other stuff like running some creative retreats for other authors and illustrators and teaching online courses, which you can find out more through my website. We have a couple of retreats coming up, one on the 15th of October in the Byron Bay Hills. So that one's booking up fast and is approaching quickly. But if that's something that might interest you, drop by my website. The other one is in March in Victoria in Harcourt, which will be a weekend retreat. I've invited Sally Rippon, Rebecca Young from Scholastic, Anna Pinataro and Judy Watson, who are very highly accomplished illustrators and they will be running masterclasses through the weekend. So it will just be a beautiful opportunity to spend some time in your creativity, honouring your creativity, developing your children's books and learning more about the industry and different aspects of the writing and illustrating process. So if you are keen to do that weekend retreat in Victoria, uh, visit my website for more details. So today we have a interview with Nina Kenwood, which I'm a little bit excited about because Nina is a wonderful contemporary romance writer. She writes rom-coms, which is my favourite category of book, personally. And Nina's a very talented author. She won the text prize for her first book, It Sounded Better in My Head, which I know many of you will have read. Uh, It's just such a delightful read. Her new book, Unnecessary Drama, is just being released by Text Publishing Now. It's a delightful follow-up book. It's totally different world, different characters, the same Nina Kenwood vibe that you loved in the first book. But I personally feel like even funnier. Uh, It's just like Nina's really found her groove with that rom-com type of character, set up voice, all of that stuff. Just pure laugh out loud delight. I really enjoyed this book and I really enjoy this conversation with Nina. So I hope you enjoy it. Hi, Nina. Welcome to the Sunshine House. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm very excited. Um, I am a huge fan of you and your books. And yeah, so this is a little bit special for me to get to talk to you. I... <laughs> Thank you very <laughs> oh, much. You're, you're such a funny, talented writer and you write just the sort of book I love. So um, yeah, oh. something that's both feels very real and feels like it could be your life yet is enough escapism that you can just be delighted and entertained the whole way. So yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That is a dream for an author to hear. Thank you so much. <laughs> and uh, yeah, well, so your new book is called Unnecessary Drama. Um, yes. It's got a great cover, by the way. I so, know. I love the cover. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I was saying to you offline that I think I even like this more than it sounded better in my head, which uh, I, I don't know if you've heard that from other people, but how are you finding this second book phenomenon? Look, so Second books, everyone tells you second books are hard and, you know, you get that advice to have your second book written before the first one comes out. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you can write the second one sort of in a space that is unencumbered by whatever happens with the first book or feedback from readers or however you find that experience. 
but I did not do that. Um, <laughs> I, I had every intention to do that because I, I had a really long lead time between uh, my first book won the text prize and then it came out sort of, uh, that was in April of one year and it came out August the next year. So there was a long lead time, but I didn't do that because I was pregnant in the lead up to my first book coming out. And I was just not in a headspace to write. And then for some reason I thought, well, it'll be easier when once I've had the baby. <laughs> Are you crazy? <laughs> I had a really tough pregnancy, so I thought. So in mm-hmm. some ways it was okay. um, in that you know, I wasn't feeling sick 24-7. Yeah. Um, but, yes, first book came out, had the baby. It was a very exciting time. I was approaching 2020 thinking this is it. This is the year that I am going to write my next book and, you know, work and parent and it's all going to come together. And then, of course, 2020 comes and it's a, not the year <laughs> that anyone who had plans for that year, I think those plans got ruined. I actually kept a writing diary um, just to kind of track the progress of how I was going and feeling with the second book so I'd have something to look back on. And if you, I look back on all of 2020, it's just... I can't write. I'm so worried about COVID. I don't know what's happening with the world. I'm stuck. I was just completely sort of frozen by just everything that was happening yeah. and at the same time trying to work and parent through yeah. you know, the beginning of the pandemic. I was not in a headspace to think about a rom-com particularly. Yeah, well, that's right. <laughs> um, you write comedies, so. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. really struggling to find. I, I always find my way in. To a book through the voice of the character yeah but also I, I like to connect with that romantic plot line if I know that it's going to be in there and that was I was really just struggling through 2022 being a headspace you know you have a little a baby mm-hmm. not in a romantic headspace <laughs> <laughs> That's You're exactly deep right. in nappies and yeah, yeah. So even taking COVID out of it it was it was not nothing was going to plan yeah say. not romantic um, <laughs> that's right yeah oh that's but then I found my kind of found my stride. By the end of 2020, I had a draft zero, um, mm-hmm. which is what I call it, which is like nothing. It's just where I write to find the character's voice. Nothing, potentially nothing from that will go in like the an official draft. It's like finding the voice, experimenting with different scenes that she could be in different scenarios and just any letting anything, you know, there's no, it's just a messy jumble. But it was something I'd found Brooke um, the main character of Unnecessary Drama, and I'd found her voice, and so I knew uh, I knew that I had her. So that was a big sort of hurdle over, and then it came all came much more easily from there, and I wrote it throughout 2021. Yeah, okay, awesome. She's a wonderful character, um, and I'm really curious about, you know, where that inspiration came from. But before we go on, uh, can you give us a little summary about who Brooke is and what her romantic dilemma is? <laughs> So Brooke is a um, very organised, very type A, very anxious um, 18-year-old girl who is moving from a small town to Melbourne to begin her first year at uni. And she is moving into a share house where she thinks she's going to be living with two strangers, but then she finds out one of her housemates is Jesse, who she went to high school with, and he was her friend, and then something happened, and then he sort of became her enemy, and so they have this complicated history, and now they're living together, which is not, Rook is someone who likes rules and plans, and that is not her plan for how her first year at uni was going to look. 
Um, and so it's about, yes, how that plays out, that dynamic between them, but it's also about moving out of home, making new friends, that first sort of step into independence away from your family and how scary all of that can be. And, um, and Brooke, yeah, has a lot of anxiety, so it's also about living with anxiety. Yeah. Well, having moved to Melbourne to study uh, writing at Melbourne Uni, um, I really connected with Brooke's character. I don't, I'm definitely not as organised as she is. Um, <laughs> Neither just, am I. <laughs> just that feeling, like you say, of, of moving away from a small country town into this big city and all the the excitement that comes with that. I think you capture that so well and that 18-year-old experience so well. Um, so congratulations. But where did Brooke's voice come from you know what what um, was it the trigger that made you find her definitely look that first draft zero was where I was finding her voice a lot of that was um it was driven by my you know I am an anxious person I have a lot of anxiety and I was in a very anxious place in that 2020 that year of the pandemic um so I was channeling a lot of my sort of anxiety into her so that sort of that side of her came from that but also that's just I guess the writing process once I I fiddle with it and I find that voice that rhythm because I'm saying anxiety a lot but um it's a funny it's supposed to be a funny book you know it is um, funny so it's not, yes. yes there yes. are darker things touched on but it's also finding so it's like once I have that voice and and a lot of that first draft is quite dark um hmm. oh that first that draft zero a lot of it is darker than the actual book turns out to be and I mm. kind of once I have her voice and all of her insecurities and anxieties and her traumas and her wounds I guess and I know all of that about her and all the good things as well then I can sort of overlay the actual plot and other characters in humor and fun and romance on top of her personality if that makes sense it does yeah and I mean that's certainly what makes the book so enjoyable like there's lots of light moments you know there's party scenes and trivia scenes and friendships really a great cast of characters very nuanced uh, relationships and friends around her like you really feel like you are physically in the share house with these characters and I think that's a testament to any uh, contemporary writer that they're able to really bring those experiences to life and make us feel like we're just hanging out with people which I think you do very well thank you it's not often you laugh aloud in a book I, I find like even I read a lot of humorous books but um not often do I actually laugh but with this book Unnecessary Drama I laugh many times and look at a situation, <laughs> very nice know, to hear three o'clock in the morning reading under my cover and try to stifle my laughter because not to wake anyone else up and it's hard to then explain to someone who doesn't know the characters and doesn't know the dynamics why it's funny but I'm curious uh how what is it that helps you write that humor what what do you find funny I guess well I never when I wrote my first book I showed the draft to my writing group and which is just two other people and they said um it's really funny and I guess I hadn't you know, you grow up and I did credit for writing at uni and, you know, I read, you, you grow up with this idea that you, if you want to be a writer, you have to write serious or, you know, when you're at uni and when you're first uh, sort of contemplating that you have this vision of yourself as a serious writer and what that is. And, you know, um, and then you actually find the kind of writing that works for you. And I think it's George Saunders says that 
you and I'll be completely mungling this quote, but something about like you you are you can't change the writer you are, and mm -hmm. so it's like finding your strengths, finding your voice. Um, you know, and you may have this dream of writing dark, serious literature, but what what you're actually good at and what comes on the page may be something else entirely. And once people sort of had read my book and said it's funny, I was like, oh, I can write funny. Um, mm. And it, and I think that there is that, that's hard to think of yourself as funny or writing humour. I think maybe especially as a woman, you it's hard mm. to say, I'm funny sometimes. Mm. You're kind of conditioned to... I don't know, be very self-depreciating and um, in that regard. But, yes, yeah, so once the first book was out and I really wanted to make this book funny. Um, so I worked really hard. You know, you have to sometimes the funny parts come naturally and sometimes it's like rewriting a scene and rewriting a scene until you go, okay, now the rhythm's working. Okay, now okay. the humour's working and finding, you know, slightly there's various situations that she Sometimes I want the human to come from her thoughts and sometimes it's the situations that she's yes, in um, yes. and her reaction to that. So yes. try to get that balance in there. Um, and, you know, when you market something as a rom-com, you want the com to be there as well as the <laughs> romance. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it must be a lot of pressure in that sense. But, uh, well, and interesting to know that, you know, there's hard work involved because it doesn't, feel like hard work on the page when you're reading it as a reader it just feels so natural and it feels so fun and feels so joyful and I think that's the you know the wonderful thing about a book like yours and also your previous book that you know it is escapism and yet it's so real you know it's just a, a happy place we can spend um, with a group of really fun characters for a period of time so yeah I for one am really glad that you don't define yourself as a serious <laughs> dark author so thanks <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, that's, I don't even, you know, and then once you start going, well, like, I love rom-coms and I love exactly. humour and I love funny yeah. TV shows. I don't know why yeah. I ever wanted to, you know, well, write in a certain way when I it's like. I can kind of understand because, you know, having studied a bit of writing myself and, you know, it is uh, presented as the higher art form, um, that is sort exactly. of darker, yeah. psychological, you know, and, and funny and uh, romance is often looked down upon. Uh, but like you, that's all I actually read. And when I yeah. when I relaxed into that fact about myself, I felt a much wholer person, I think, because of it. You know, I don't right. have to hide this. I also only watch comedy shows. I never watch anything that's not comedy. So I think, yeah, being accepting those parts of yourself does help yes. you yeah, find your voice, as you say. I mean, that's Brooke. And then, of course, Jesse is the, is the leading male character and he yes. was a very likeable character as well. Um, what's What was that process like finding his character? Did, did it happen quite naturally or did you have to sort of um, No, it's all, uh, look, it's always easier to find, for me, the main character, whose head you're in, you know, yeah. I write first person, present tense, so you and I write very kind of voicey, I guess you would say, so you're always in Brooke's head so much um and in my first book in natalie's head so it's it's always i know those characters so well and then sometimes the other characters take a lot more work jesse really i had him but i it was the backstory between brooke and jesse that took a while for me to get right which is just it's just one chapter it's just one mm. situation that happens with them but I, I originally had something slightly different and it wasn't working um and so i really reworked it reworked it um until i felt like it was something that had the right level of 
emotion and hurt without being, you know, it couldn't be something unforgivable because this Absolutely. is the leading man. You, you yeah, need yeah, to yeah. like Jesse, you but do. it had to be <laughs> a situation between them that would be enough to sort of hang the conflict on. So yeah, just yeah. getting those little details right, it takes a lot of time and thought and, you know, if they're not exactly right, the whole book can fall apart. So. Uh, yeah, I understand that. Um, well, he comes across, uh, yeah, very effectively. You, you, you do definitely want them to end up together, which I suppose is the point of any rom com. Um, yes. So that's pretty <laughs> successful, in my opinion. Um, so you mentioned earlier that uh, you were writing this amongst, you know, nappies and toddler taming and all of that. Yes. Um, do you want to talk through a little bit? And you have a job as well. Where what your creative process looks like when you're trying to write a novel of this extent? This one, actually, I, how I actually wrote it, to be brutally honest, is that I, uh, I quit my job oh. and I took like six months to write it and then I got another job. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, had, I took nine months, but two and a half of those um, we were in lockdown mm-hmm. where my daughter couldn't go to daycare. So I was just, my, I wasn't doing any writing because I had yeah. a, toddler in lockdown um so I yeah I had a period of several months where I was not full-time but my daughter was in daycare several days a week and I was writing on on that time and I couldn't have done it I know some people say that they can write you know they get up before their child and (laughs) they write in the early hours in the morning and they go to work and I couldn't do that certainly at that time she my well, my daughter is a bad sleeper for a start. So mm-hmm. it was like the idea of sacrificing any hours of sleep um, was not happening. But just with everything that was going on, I I kind of was in that. And it was a pandemic and it was everything was it just all felt overwhelming. And so taking that time to just have the book to focus on for those months in 2021, that's when I did the bulk of the writing and that's when I figured everything out and that's how, that's really how I wrote it. Um, and so, yeah. At the moment, I'm trying to write another book while working and um, it's a lot it's harder. It's a lot harder. <laughs> yeah, it is. Actually, talking to people through these interviews has made me realise that most people do what you're saying, that, you know, although it seems like you're doing it in, you know, the cracks, the reality is if you do really want to get that zero draft down, the most effective way is just to cut yourself a piece of time and yeah. actually put your head down and do it. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's hard. I mean, I, I read so many books on creativity and motherhood. I was like Googling how to write a book and the <laughs> parents were like, oh, why can't I do this? Oh. Why is it so hard? Um, but, yeah, there is no, there's no easy answer and it depends on how you write and your child and the world circumstances around you and your partner's support and totally. finances and so many factors. Totally. And your daughter's still very young. You know, things will change yes. once she's at exactly. school. And, you know, that's that. those are really the busy years before they start school and they require a lot of your attention. And as much as we do try to juggle everything, that's not always possible. Yes, yes. Look, I commend anyone who, uh, there are a lot of people who have written books especially when they're a little yeah. baby and they if they're a good sleep I think everything hinges on how well your child sleeps pretty That's much my yeah <laughs> yeah pretty much I I had a I had one good sleeper and one terrible sleeper but you know nowadays they sleep in so my best time's in the morning yeah that's right that's what I'm like <laughs> once when she's a teenager I'll have yeah. all the time in the world yeah it's gonna be <laughs> I guess great 
there's yeah. other challenges that yeah come with that. <laughs> that's right so did you um on those days where she was at daycare and you had this you know idea or you were sort of working out this idea did you set yourself targets or like what was your process to really get this story down on paper yeah I had word count targets just to get through the first draft absolutely and I knew like I have this like we could financially make it for x amount of time and then I yeah. need another job and I had this time yeah, it's a deadline yeah. this is not time to waste and yeah. you know that's the kind of pressure I guess that could freeze you up but I already knew what the story I'd figured out the story and her voice by that point oh good um, yeah so it was just getting it down I mean for me personally that's what I need that a block of time ideally two days in a row where you so it can take you know once your head's in it then you can jump back into it the next day as well exactly and just have that concentrated time um and it makes all the difference it really does I that's what I'm doing right now and I'm trying actually not to take any days off like even if it's just sort of 300 words or something a day just to kind of keep it Keep your head in it. Yeah. Keep your head in it. Gotta keep your head in it. Yes. Once you're out of it, it Mm -mm. feels like even a week away, you can come back and it's like Devastating. Who wrote this? this is a very foreign manuscript all yeah it's, well it's, especially yeah. in those early days because it is quite rough and raw and it's not a story yet and it's not yes. good yet so you know you very quickly see all of for all, all of its faults you know that's right yeah, yeah the magic can just slip absolutely uh, and you've got to yeah. stay in the magic that's exactly what I've discovered with my own stuff as well so once that zero draft's done and I'm assuming you then you know needed to go back to work and all of that was it quite a process that editing or did you um, how did that look so I, like I had I, I had the zero draft before I quit my job then I quit my job yeah. and I wrote like maybe two or three more drafts then yeah. I sent, gave it to my editor okay. yeah it was still pretty rough it still needed one sort of big structural edit there was definitely more editing than with my first one but that was a very because I'd entered that into the text prize I'd really it was really polished when mm. I <laughs> and so it was like me learning this time what it's like to write once you've already got a contract before mm. like it's a very different process uh the first book you know you're writing it no one cares you're not on a deadline no mm-hmm. one knows you're writing it or cares or mm-hmm. it's just yours and you can rework it and rework it and rework it until you you want but this one I was like there's a deadline I already missed the deadline um <laughs> so there was pressure and that letting it go and letting my editor see it when it wasn't in a super polished form. Then I realized the benefits of that, which is like you get that feedback before you're about to do another draft and there's the space to make changes and make things better in a way that you don't get maybe when you sort of when you've polished it to a certain point, you've kind of closed off some roads I guess um, yeah there. that's true yeah well it's definitely uh lovely having that ability to talk to someone about your story who cares about it as much as you do exactly mm. yeah <laughs> so yeah so there was it was a fair bit of editing not like a complete overhaul but more than with my first book but all in the end I think that I learned a lot and this one is yeah tighter and the plotting is better um yeah. maybe or it feels that way to me Oh, yeah, well, it reads, you know, beautifully. Uh, was there anything in particular you feel like you learnt from writing this book that you will take into your future books? I think I've learnt definitely to have more faith in, you know, you you come to the second one, it's like, can can I do it again? Like, or was the first one a fluke? Um, and now it's like, okay, I know when I'm going to have, like, a complete loss of faith, when I'm going to think that, yeah. like, 
I know that I'm going to go into the dark depths of despair and I can get out. Yeah, It's like childbirth, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So Mm -hmm. I know I I can survive it, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So to just have faith that the book will come together. Because before my first book, I started and stopped so many just because I was like, oh, well, this is terrible. I'm throwing it away. I'm starting over. And so (laughs) the big lesson is like, okay, no, keep finish it, fix it. Yeah. yeah, finish it and fix it. And that the first draft or those first versions don't have to be good. They're never that good. It will get right. better. Yeah, so that's that's also what I've been learning from other writers in parallel. It's like, you know, everyone's going through this. It's never this amazing book first time. It's going to yes. take some work. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh, well, it's, you know, so lovely to chat to you, Nina, well, and to hear Thank you so much this for having me. Process. And, look, it really is just such a fun and wonderful book. Um, I encourage everyone who, well, who knows your first book definitely needs to go and get this book. But even if you've not come across Nina's first book to look out for unnecessary drama it's just yeah such a joyful read and we'll take you back to those uni days in a in a heartbeat and if nothing else just give you a really good laugh so congratulations thank you thank you so much (laughs) my pleasure thank you for listening to the sunshine house podcast this episode was recorded on bundjalung land in northern new south wales and was produced by jen pitch virtual creatrix The music was written by Gregor Hutchka and produced by Brett Canning. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and leave us a rating or a review on your favourite podcast platform. This helps the podcast find new listeners. If you're a children's book creator, join us at the Sunshine House Facebook group, a warm and fuzzy place to feel supported and inspired. I'm in the process of building an online course for kids book creators and aspiring authors. If you're interested to know more, please subscribe to the newsletter on my website and I'll be sure to keep you updated. Visit www.zannylouise.com. I'd also love to shine a light on the amazing Room to Read charity, which helps educate girls around the world. To learn more, visit roomtoread.org.